Hey everybody, this is Amy Savin and you're listening to Frequency. Hey everybody, this is Joe Brookhouse. Welcome to another episode of the Frequency Podcast. Uh, I want to let you know I am recording from a hotel room in beautiful Rutland, Vermont. I'm actually here on a business trip. And when I say beautiful, I do mean beautiful. This is a, a, a gorgeous place. It's the middle of December. And it's like 50 degrees out here. So unseasonably warm. And anyway, just blessed to be here uh, working with some fantastic people. Dan just had a birthday yesterday, by the way. So if you didn't have a chance to wish him a happy birthday, make sure you do that. Now, he's not joining me today because he and his wife, Carrie, are currently in Indiana serving the church. So I'm going to go ahead and take this one solo. We hope Dan's having a, a great week out in Indiana. I hope that it is uh, as warm there and beautiful there as it is here in Vermont for me. But uh, certainly uh, miss him having him on the episode. Love talking with him, and I don't get to do it nearly enough. So right in the middle of December and right in the heart of the holiday season, I don't know how you guys are doing. I hope it's treating you well, but I often find that I'm challenged during this time of the year, mostly because I get so wrapped up like so many people in trying to make the season, you know, trying to fulfill obligations and it's all the busyness and stuff that I just find myself miserable. I don't enjoy it. I'm a worship leader. Uh, so there's some extra effort that goes around that. There's uh, trying to coordinate things around that. I'm not doing as much this year as I usually do, and that's intentional. Actually, the, my point is, is that this year, I'm really trying to be more intentional about enjoying the season and being present. You know, my son, Sammy, is seven. Uh, my daughter, Marissa, is 21, and she's not uh, in the house this year. It's her first year in quite some time that she hasn't been home for the holidays. So honestly, I'm, I, I miss having her around. So I'm really just trying to focus in on being present for my family, being present in the season, being present and honoring the gift that uh, that it is to have Christ come incarnate, uh, recognize really what that means to us and why we should be joyful because of it. So I hope you're doing something similar. I, I hope that, um, that as you're working your way through the season that you just are relishing the time uh, that you have with your family and friends. So anyway, just that's uh, throwing that out there is something to consider uh, during this time, something that, uh, that I'm thinking about as well. I know that like Dan and Carrie are huge Christmas fans and uh, uh, Carrie, even as you'll hear in this forthcoming episode, is uh, working on launching Star and Stable, which is a Christmas store, an online Christmas store, uh, which will also have a local presence in Prince Edward Island where Dan and Carrie uh, currently live. So anyway, Christmas is a big deal for them. Hope again, hope they're doing well in Indiana and I hope you're doing well. Uh, my expectation is you guys have been listening to our episodes uh, most recently because we've uh, published the uh, those interviews from the Christian Musician Summit Northwest that we did last month in November. We did a bunch of them and we talked to a lot of different artists and had a lot of fun there. Um, we're just going to continue to post those, but if you're impatient, you can go on to SoundCloud and listen. Most of them are available there, though there's uh, still a few others that I'm prepping and editing to share. There were a few others that uh, recorded later in the conference that just didn't have time to wrap up before uh, before the conference ended. And uh, working those in with some of the other content that uh, we have to share, and frankly, there's just so much of it that uh, I, I if I didn't conduct another interview for the next two months, I could still publish a new interview every week. Uh, so, so much coming. I hope you're enjoying it. It would be great if you let us know what you think about it. Head over to iTunes, leave a comment, find me on Facebook, find Dan on Facebook, or just go to our page, Frequency FM, send us a note on Twitter. All the contact information is out there on the site, but uh, Frequency FM is the handle pretty much wherever you go. Uh, so yeah, let, let, let's hear what you're thinking about that stuff. Well, speaking of CMS interviews or Christian Musician Summit interviews, uh, you may have noticed that uh, a number of the interviews were conducted by this episode's guest, a gentleman named Andrew Marcus. He's a, a singer and songwriter, worship leader uh, out of Vancouver, BC. So, so what's that about? Why, why was Andrew doing interviews? Well, when Dan connected with Andrew and interviewed him for this episode, it was a couple of months back. 
they had a great connection. And because Andrew is based out of Vancouver, BC, uh, it, it's about the same distance from Seattle as my hometown, Portland. So, um, uh, and CMS Northwest is in the Seattle area. So because of the connection that Dan had with him, we thought, hey, why not see if Andrew would be interested in coming and being our guest at the booth at CMS Northwest and, you know, hang out with us, maybe do some interviews. Uh, uh, maybe um, we can introduce him to some of our friends that are artists and uh, people in the industry. And he could do likewise and just kind of have a good networking time. And and he said, yes, and that was great. We had a great time. He brought a couple of friends from, from his church uh, up in Vancouver, BC. Uh, we got to hang out and uh, they got to uh, just really explore and meet folks and we had a lot of fun. So, uh, well, to the interview for this episode, if you don't know Andrew, well, you soon will, whether it's through our conversation or, or through his music, which, is, you know, he's, the guy's picking up momentum, which is how he came on our radar. Um, but he's written and worked with some big names uh, in the industry, people like uh, Paul Balash, Leland Mooring, uh, producer Ed Cash, who seems to work on every really great album that's out there. And he he has had a hand in uh, Andrew's album, which is forthcoming. It's called Constant. Release date is tentatively January of 2016. We don't have an exact date yet, but um, Dan and Andrew get a chance to to chat about uh, chat about that album. But the people that he's worked with describe Andrew as sincere, anointed, and refreshing. And those are great terms to hear about an artist, especially a person that's working in worship. Uh, a field of songwriting and uh, as an artist, it's, it's quite difficult. The words that we hear people share about Andrew, we tend to agree with those because he's charismatic, he's fun, but he's, he's very real. And uh, we really appreciate that about him. But you don't need to take our word for it. How about we just jump over to the interview and allow you to discover Andrew Marcus for yourself. Let's go to it and we'll catch you on the other side. Hey everybody, Dan Thompson here from Frequency. Welcome back. And I have the privilege of talking with a fellow Canadian, a Canadian artist. And uh, you're from, uh, is it Vancouver? Yeah, Vancouver, BC. Vancouver, BC. It's Andrew Marcus from Vancouver, BC. And uh, honestly, I was trying to, to dig up some dirt on you and figure out stuff you've done on the <laughs> internet in the past. And dude, you're everywhere, but none of it is bad. <laughs> That is hilarious. <laughs> so, um, you know, for our listeners, I mean, we have a lot in Canada, but there's, uh, I'd say, more in, in the U.S. and overseas. Um, who is Andrew Marcus? You know, where where did you come from? Well, I'm born and raised here in uh, B.C., and um, we love it here. It's not all snow and igloos. It's, uh, <laughs> yeah. it's rain, though. Rain, yeah, for the most part. Uh, but yeah, born and raised here, um, grew up in a Christian home. My parents are amazing. They've always been just praying for me and teaching me the ways of Jesus at a very young age. And I didn't always follow it, but, um, uh, looking back now, I just appreciate them so much and just their efforts to keep me down the right path. Right. Um, obviously in all our lives, there's dirt, but I guess not all of it's online. So you mm. missed it. <laughs> there you go. Um, family life, like you married kids, what's the scenario there? Yeah, married, married for just over two years. Um, no kids yet. Okay. But we, uh, we plan to have them eventually. Right now we just have a little puppy. Okay. His name's Odie. So he's kind of the practice son right now. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. Where did you guys meet? Did you meet in church or school or... Yeah, we, we met in school. Um, I was serving at a church years ago uh, in Langley here. Okay. And um, we were at a youth camp. And I saw her, and I was like, man, I really got to meet her. Okay. And I didn't realize what I was wearing, but I was also part of a skit that night. Okay. So I was just so overwhelmed. I wanted to meet her and just, like, introduce myself. But I forgot that I was wearing a yellow onesie. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and I had a unibrow painted on my face. Don't ask what the skit's about. It was awesome. I think we came like second place or something. We did pretty good. But anyways, um, 
<laughs> I didn't realize it, so I went up there, talked, and uh, when I walked away, I was like, oh, my word, I look like a freaking clown. <laughs> and uh, praise the Lord, her favorite color is yellow. Nice. So at least she liked the onesie. Well, the question is, do you have a photo of the event? Uh, there are photos. So I guess if you Googled hard enough, <laughs> you might find a yellow onesie picture with a unibrow. Nice, nice. Now, I've seen other posters where you're being a bit of a goofball. I think it was a Leland poster where your glasses were sideways. And um, Yeah, that's crazy, man. That went kind of everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um, is that indicative of your personality? Are you, um, are you an extrovert? Um, you know, I was actually just talking about this to someone. I, I'm definitely an extrovert, but I'm a little bit of an introvert these days. Mm. I feel like I just love people and being in pastoral ministry, uh, working at a church, being around people all the time throughout the week and on the weekends. I love it. It energizes me. Mm. But at the same time, uh, quiet time is important. And I never used to be like that. Even when you saw that picture, that was for a promo of a record maybe three years ago or four years ago. And it does show my personality in the sense that I just like to keep things light, have fun, enjoy people, enjoy life. Mm-hmm. But um, I'm realizing more and more the imp- the importance of quiet time. Right. And it's really been ministering to me. And um, it, yeah, it's really been giving me a sense of refreshing and rejuvenating, whereas before it was just people all the time. And that would just kind of keep me energized. Yeah. I don't know if it's because I'm getting older or what, but... Well, I guess it depends on what, what older is. How old are you now? Uh, I turned 29. 29. Okay. Yeah, so you're, you're, cresting the, like, <laughs> you're cresting the college age hangout time frame. You know, yes. Coffee house, you know, friends you know, on the couch, you know, chilling. And now it's like you could actually just go and do your own thing and, and not feel guilty about it. Yeah, actually, it's really interesting. I guess different seasons of life are different things, but I think I'm calming down. So this new record the graphics will have just regular glasses. <laughs> okay. So no sideways, no craziness. <laughs> so you're, you're dignified now. Yeah. <laughs> now, so, now would you say um, some of the influences around you? Cause I know, I mean, we'll get to that with the music industry, but um, mm-hmm. you, you've had to work, had um, you've had the opportunity to work with some, some, you know, a level artists, some, some extremely profound uh, songwriters, individuals, um, who are task-oriented, obviously, because the industry they're in and they're traveling. Um, did that raise your game? Did that? Um, did that? Did they feed into you and how you carry yourself as an artist uh, when you're around them? Um, absolutely. I think growing up, and I mean, I, I didn't start learning instruments till 2004, 2005. Okay. Before that, I didn't really like church music or get involved with church. And I I realize now looking back, just even watching some of these guys online and like Tim Hughes and all these guys that, you know, I've been blessed to connect with or whatever over the years. Mm -hmm. It's really cool that I realize that they've been influencing me for a long time, Mm -hmm. actually, like way before I got a chance to meet them or work with them, just watching them, seeing how they're doing life and, seeing the songs they're writing and seeing them lead at different events. Um, they influenced me for a long time from a distance. Yeah. So it's been really cool to write with them and to connect with them on a deeper level and realizing that, you know, this, these same dudes that I've had this image of, of you just, you know, being so godly and so humble is the same people that behind closed doors. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a huge influence for me. Would you say that uh, social media was the, um, the bridge for that in a lot of cases, because you're able to connect with people that you may not have actually been able to walk up to on the street originally. Absolutely. I think, um, connecting on social media is huge. Um, it really brings community. I mean, it could be used for good and it could be used for bad. And that's a balance that I think artists will wrestle with for the rest of their lives as Mm -hmm. social media continues to get more intense and, you know, Periscope now, something that's really cool. Yeah. Uh, and I feel like Periscope is a great way and a really cool way, if used in a healthy manner, to uh, to really just connect with those who you're influenced by and, and just become, everything just becomes more relational. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you, do, you do get a sense of people's personality too, which I think is helpful when you see them, even if it's just five minutes on Periscope, um, which, yeah, I, I've been watching more than 
participating. <clears throat> but yeah, like watching Paul Beloche or or Carl Albrecht or all those guys down there that are you know traveling on the road and they're bored in the airport and they just share their life. Yeah, it's cool. It just makes it just makes things more real. And I think that social media could really be used to. And I mean, at the end of the day, Instagrams and all that kind of stuff is kind of like a highlight reel. Mm-hmm. You're posting all the successes. No one really posts about you know the struggles or the hard time or how traveling ministry is actually very draining and you know very uncomfortable and we hate leaving our families and our wives and there's a lot of stuff that's just not really good but we just take one for the team for for the Lord and and we just really feel called to it so I mean <clears throat> there's a lot of stuff that we miss that we don't share but I just appreciate the the, the idea of periscope where you could actually just show those moments and the behind the scenes the tired at the airport the you know what life is really like yeah. in those areas and i think periscope again when used in a healthy way can really just help bring that reality and just be real with people and make new friendships new relationships and mm-hmm. uh, i just think it's a cool a cool tool you are the Was this something that you were led to very quickly, or did, did this getting in the music industry sort of happen over time? Um, yeah, this is the this is the crazy story, and to God be the glory. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, growing up in high school and even before that, I know my parents tried to take me to piano lessons, and I think I quit after a week or something. <laughs> when I was a kid, they were teaching you know hot cross buns, and I wanted like Beethoven right now. You know? <laughs> No patience. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, I never really liked church music. I never liked going to church. I never played an instrument growing up. And um, in 2004, after high school, when I got into university, uh, I remember we were sitting, I was in the business program at university. So no intentions of going into pastoral ministry or doing music. And uh, when I was at school, we were just studying for an economics final exam, and I just remember saying, guys, I, I really feel God's calling me to be a worship leader. And some of my friends were just asking, oh, do you play an instrument? I'm like, no. I'm like, do you sing? No. Like, <laughs> just just shut up and study. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, there's no history of it in my life. Um, but I remember uh, it was after high school, I ended a, a pretty unhealthy relationship, and I just remember you know, my parents were praying for me and there was just, there was a really dark season in my life and a, and a tough season. But I remember just feeling God's prompting, knowing that he's real, knowing that he's alive, um, but just not following him or pursuing him. And I remember the Lord just kind of led me to, to a proverb and, and it just really ministered to me and showed me that, man, this relationship's unhealthy. And if I want to uh, live the life and do the the things that God's called me to do, I need to get out of this relationship. So I kind of called, ended the relationship abruptly. And it was almost like in that moment, the Lord just had just this bag of all these things that he wanted me to do for his glory, for his purposes. But he just didn't give me anything yet because I wasn't ready. Yeah. And it was just in that moment when I ended that relationship, it's like he turned the bag upside down and just overwhelmed me with opportunity. And I started going to church on my own. Before that, my parents would drag me. Mm-hmm. But after that moment, I'm like attending all three services. I'm getting so excited about God and what he has. And I'm starting to really get involved in uh, coming to the worship practices early. And I just really felt like, man, like my life was changing. I start- And then I got an email maybe two or three weeks later from a guy who just said, hey, I want to teach you guitar. Nice. And uh, I said a prayer when I went. I went to CLA and I sat in the back balcony. I didn't know anyone. I didn't want to know anyone. And I said, okay, Lord, I'm here. I came on, like, I'm on my own. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm seeking you. Like, I ended this, and I just really felt like, man, God was doing something in my heart. And when I was there, the pastor said, I want you to think of all your talents, and I want you to offer them to the Lord. So I put my hand up, and I said, Lord, use me in music. And then I put my hand down quickly, because I don't play instruments. I don't <laughs> like church music. Why would I even say that? And then a couple of days later, I get an email from this guy who I guess got my email from my mom. Mm-hmm. 
And he just said, hey, I want to teach you guitar. And at the bottom it said, I don't teach people for money. I only want to teach people who want to use their talents to glorify God. Cool. So it's like you heard my prayer two days before. And I, I met up with him and we did guitar lessons and he taught me. He ended up being one on the worship team yeah. at Skillé, which is crazy. So it all kind of came together. And and from that journey on, like the Lord has just been continuing to teach me and and just give me a passion for his church and for people and for music and ministry. And it all kind of came as a shock. Mm-hmm. Everything happened very, very fast. Uh, I think it was like five or six months later, I recorded like 11 songs <laughs> uh, on my first album, which now I just tell people is either a coaster or a Frisbee. Or, <laughs> you know. Now, was that Salvation and Glory? Yes. Yeah, so I guess he did find some dirt on me. Oh, yeah. I, I even have a picture. You look pretty cool. So Salvation and Glory 2007 was the release on iTunes anyways. Um, yeah, that's yeah. right. Actually, uh, it looks a lot like Brenton Brown. That's crazy. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> so, uh, I'd say he's he's as crazy, if not crazier than you, though. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So your your first foray into, I guess, published music would have been 2007 then? Yeah, I kind of... Like after I just I was at Trinity still I was writing I was learning stuff and um, I started writing all these songs maybe 2006 so I guess a year and a half a year and a half into ministry um, or getting called and figuring all that out after when I was in university mm-hmm. but um, yeah that was my first attempt and you know what it was fun for me I uh, I was living in. Kelowna at the time, I kind of went away and was helping with the church, with youth ministry and music ministry, kind of mm-hmm. uh, in your in your area. But right, right. Uh, the Lord just taught me a lot, and I mean, most of the songs are four chords, same progression, just different capo and a different. <laughs> I didn't really know much, but hey, man, Lord, nothing, nothing's changed. Yeah. <laughs> if you that really think about it, the truth. All all we do is add banjos now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's which so which is actually uh, I mean I'm I'm not opposed to things like banjos I mean um, <laughs> I'm, we can thank David Crowder for for adding some life into some of the music and and you know Ren Collective and that now but uh, absolutely yeah I love that kind of stuff yeah I mean I go I go back farther I'm 42 years old so when I was playing in a band back in '93 um, we were rebellious and we were doing. Um, you know, like, like vineyard tunes, like Paul Belosha's, like, light the fire again. And yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and, uh, Lord, I lift your name on high with Roto Toms. You know, it's just, <laughs> you know, but, uh, yeah, I, I that's amazing. Yeah. Uh, believe me, there's stuff on the web about me, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, I gotta, I'm going to Google it after man. I'm going to find some stuff. <laughs> well, you don't go that far though. Cause it was VHS back then. So thankfully <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> VHS, what's that? Yeah, right. So, uh, yeah, so 2007, you, you kind of entered into the world of recorded music. Um, so what happened, uh, what what was the story behind Emptiness Speaks Volumes in 2009? Man, um, so that's a totally different vibe. I feel like I've been going back and forth from two kind of genres almost. Okay. Like Salvation Glory was the first one, and that was kind of more like worshipful, congregation, congregational kind of songs and then emptiness speaks volumes was kind of more folky you know you have the banjos and accordions and all that kind of stuff okay so okay. A totally different feel definitely a feel that i've always been more comfortable with vocally kind of more like the relaxed vocals yeah um that's kind of more of how i how i feel comfortable singing and when i recorded that i did it locally here um all my albums i've done have been kind of local except for this latest one that comes out next year. But mm-hmm. um, I remember I was just going through a really tough season in life and um, just relationship stuff or whatever it was. And I remember – actually, no, I remember what it was. It was um, – I remember I was uh, trying to do some recordings for a new record in my basement with my parents. I was living at home at the time. And then my hard drive crashed and everything got erased. Oof. Yeah. And I was really, really, really upset. I was so upset. And I remember almost getting mad at God and mm-hmm. just thinking, man, like I'm doing all this stuff for you and you let something like this happen. Yeah. I, remember, I remember that. And I was so frustrated that it wouldn't, nothing would come back, nothing could be restored. So I literally packed up all my instruments, packed up um, all my gear and said, okay, Lord, like if you're not going to help me bring this back and I have to do everything again, I... Uh, 
I, I don't even want to do this anymore. And I can't tell you how many times, I guess it's being a musician or just being in ministry, but I feel like I want to, you know, resign mm-hmm. sometimes yeah. from music ministry, but yeah. not at my church. I love my church. I love my home, but just in general, like, I don't know, sometimes the industry is kind of weird, but yes. Yeah. Um, and we all know that anyways. Uh, so I remember I just packed up everything, put everything away. And I just remember sitting on, on the, the carpet in the middle of that little studio room and, Everything's gone. I don't have anything left. And the whole kind of theme of that record is kind of under, like, because of that moment, like, emptiness speaks volumes. When everything was put away, when everything was in quietness, I kind of just was refreshed and had these moments with the Lord with without all the distractions of gear and instruments and whatever. And it kind of, in that quiet moment, His presence was loud, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah, and, yeah. I think that that continues today with distractions and with the busyness and with things all around us and so many things trying to get our attention. Um, yeah, and it's so easy for us to fill our day with distractions, thinking that it's going to help us. Yeah, absolutely. I actually had to erase Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. I didn't like delete my accounts, but I just took a season of rest, just got rid of it from my my phone. And yeah. I know my phone is just glued to my hand, and I'm always just kind of checking who's doing what, what's going on. And mm-hmm. just really, I, I found it really distracting. And even my wife was like, man, like, you know, it's taken a, a big part of your day. And I felt like I needed to yeah. kind of fresh and just kind of have that emptiness again. And just, yeah, I've had those conversations in my household too. And it's usually me. Yeah. Yeah. When you get, especially if you're coming up to a release or you're doing something that it, it's the unfortunate part of self-promotion and, and, you know, trying to make a go of it in the music industry when people have to buy your stuff and who's going to market for you. Yeah. So it's the tension of, well, if I don't share it, then, and I'm not there for people, then people aren't going to care. And if I don't do anything, then I won't sell anything. And you won't make yeah, your, you know, I, oh. I wrestle with that a lot. And I'm sure we all do as artists and as writers and worship yeah. leaders and all that kind of stuff. But I think I was really encouraged when I was in Nashville last time last time I was there a few months back and just kind of working with some of these guys. And we were talking about this very thing mm-hmm. and they just kind of said something. I mean, Ed and Scott have done stuff for many amazing artists and songwriters. And so was, I learned so much for them both musically and just spiritually just right. learning from them. They're, they're kind of like, they were like pastors to me. Every time I'm with them, they're just pastors to me. I can't say enough good things about them, but uh, they were talking about how great is our God. Um, by Tomlin and they yeah. were a part of the writing process for that. And, uh, just the idea that, you know, there was no social media back then. There was no Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, mm-hmm. Periscope. And the Lord just took that song literally across the world. Yeah. And our, our excuse could be, Oh, but you know what? Times are different. And now we need to do all this stuff. But they were just encouraging me. You know what, man, like if God wants to promote, God is going to promote. doesn't matter how many times you post what, mm. Like God is going to promote and take it where he wants to take it. And I'll always go back to this prophetic word that a lady told me, which actually launched the whole new project, a lady at my church. She just said, you know what? These are God's songs. They're for his church. You're his. This album's his. All the finances are his. Because I had zero dollars when I started this project. Yeah. But she just encouraged me like this album literally has nothing to do with you at all. Mm -hmm. And if we keep that mindset... I really believe that the Lord, you can, if you can just remove your, if I can just constantly remove myself, yeah, I'll share the successes of what God's doing. And, you know, it's exciting, but mm-hmm. as long as we're always putting the attention up and just removing ourselves and just saying, Lord, this is your deal. Mm-hmm. You do what you want. And I'm, I'll celebrate the successes. I'll, I'll, I'll share the down, the, the down times, but ultimately in everything, if we're just kind of giving the direction yeah. Pointing, pointing people to who's doing what, not myself. Yeah, exactly. And um, that's all great wisdom. Um, and actually, I think I read a bit of that story in your about page on your website, if people are interested right. in going there. Um, that is neat. Um, and it's funny how it's always a circumstance or a person um, mm-hmm. that can um, be inserted into your life that can bring the most wisdom. Mm, yeah, and uh, I would definitely say you should never go it alone. Even if somebody doesn't know the music industry, you should always have somebody who's a confidant or someone who, or yeah. you know, your wife or whoever it is yeah. that 
that can just tell you who you really are and remind mm-hmm. you of, of who you are in Christ. Amen. Um, yeah. And actually, I think, um, you know, we'll get to your, your new song because, I mean, I want to congratulate you because you were you were nominated for Praise and Worship Song of the Year. So that's great. I should have done that right at the beginning. <laughs> it's all good. So congrats. Uh, Thanks, man. The song yeah. is You Are With Me. Yeah. And uh, actually, I think I've heard it on the radio here, which is great. Cool, man. Um, yeah. So that's great. Um and it's a long journey to get there. And, uh, you know, do you feel that, um, cause you've done other albums. I mean, there, we don't have to talk about them all, but our conversation behind the veil. Yeah. Uh, Christmas time is here. Um, yeah. are you a Christmas fan or is that just for fun? Oh, I, I could listen to Christmas music all year, man. <laughs> That's great. My, At the end of the day, it's, it's just worship songs with xylophones. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> totally. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> Um, actually we were listening to Christmas songs this morning on the way in. Come on, man. That's yeah. awesome. Well, it's, it's crazy Christmas in our house because my wife is opening a, a Christmas store. No way. Yeah. So, cause Seriously? we, well, we live in, in a tourist area in Prince yeah, Edward Island absolutely. and her dream was always to open a Christmas store. There is one in Ontario where we used to live. So, you know, she, there was nothing to do there. Um, and yeah, so she, she loves Christmas. So that's her thing, man. It's star and stable Christmas store. And she's, that is unbelievable. <laughs> she's already planning a gift wrap service and she's ordered Come her, on. she's ordered her paper from Nashville wraps and she's ready to go, man. <laughs> so I'm, I'm focused on music in Nashville and she's buying uh, wrapping paper for Christmas presents. <laughs> <laughs> that is amazing. <clears throat> so there's a little aside. Um, that's so fun. But then in 2013, you had when winter, fall, summer, springs. Uh, what was that about? Uh, I've, I've listened to a few tracks. It was pretty cool. Yeah, it's kind of similar to Emptiness Speaks Volumes as far as uh, vibe. Again, more like the banjos and accordions and kind of more like easy listening acoustic style. Okay. So I feel like first record, 2007, Praise and Worship, 2009, Folky, 2011, Praise and Worship, 2013, Folky. <laughs> And then 2016, Praise and Worship. Nice. I can only predict what's going <laughs> to next. Well, yeah, I guess it depends on the trends, right? I mean, yeah, it's the, true. the irony of, of Crowder's influence is that the digital age is totally opposite. Yeah, um, interesting. Yeah. yeah, and my son is, is 14 years old, and he's, he wants to be the next up-and-coming dubstep uh, EDM <laughs> artist. So yeah. I'm, I'm torn in my house. You know, <laughs> yeah between christmas music and dubstep yeah exactly well just <laughs> just mix the two together right? exactly <laughs> yeah but uh, and i'm a rock and roller i'm a, a lead electric guitar player cool yeah kind of my mainstay um you know the edge by u2 kind of thing yeah absolutely um, so we have to talk about electric gear later then oh absolutely yeah, yeah i mean that's my, sure. my new favorite thing is to ask about gear but um yeah. so now we've arrived at your new album you, your first cut is out. You're with me, which has already been nominated, which is amazing. Um, and the album "Glory to His Name" is that the name of the album? Um, it's kind of up in the air. That okay. was the pre-release that we did. Um, we did a tour with Back to the Bible Canada, right, um, in June, and uh, kind of my my team in Nashville said, "Hey, it'd be good to have you know a pre-release or something specifically just for that tour." So we okay. kind of made limited copies, had it just for the tour, and then. Um, not all the songs were on there, but we're, we're in talks of uh, what it's going to be. I'm actually flying out next week to record one more song, um, which was kind of unexpected, but uh, really feel like it's a uh, Holy Spirit led. So mm. we'll do one more song with the guys, and who knows? Maybe that could be the the title track. I don't know. I okay. mean, we're we're open, but very cool. So you're you're still in the process of it all, which is amazing. Yeah, it's either going to be Glory to His Name or Good to Me, which is another one of the tracks on the record. So those are kind of the two that I really feel have been really ministering to the church and ministering to me and a great opportunity. Uh, I mean, it was a great songwriting opportunity in those songs. So, yeah. Does music take a precedence for you or does shepherding and pastoring 
take precedence for you in your, you know, in your daily life? Yeah, I think, uh, I think I'd probably say shepherding and pastoring. I feel like that's kind of where, um, my heart is. I mean, the reality is if I could just, uh, if the Lord could just take the songs and tour them for me, whether through people or just through however, whatever he chooses to do. And I can just be at home with, with my church and pastoring and shepherding my team. And that, that kind of brings me the most joy. So I, I don't like to tour as much. I know that when the album releases next year, there will be touring and I'm going to have to kind of just share and, and be a part of different events and stuff, which I'm very excited about. But at the same time, I'm in a season right now in life. I, I attend a church in Coquitlam. Yep. Uh, it's called Coquitlam Alliance Church. We recently kind of rebranded as CA Church because we're going to start doing some more plants that are not in Coquitlam. But okay. um, CA Church is just kind of home for me, man. Like when I'm away, and I've never had a season like this before. I've, I've been at the church for a little over about a year and a half. And the community there is unreal. And uh, the staff team is unbelievable. I've, I've never been a part of a church where I'm actually counting down the sleeps mm. to be with them on the weekend. Like, it's just unreal. So that's kind of my heart. I just love being with our people and leading our people. And yeah. there's a big difference between doing a lot of traveling. You play in a lot of different places. And it's it's awesome. And there's a place for it. And I love it. Mm-hmm. Meeting new people and worshiping with the global church is awesome. But there's something really special about you know, seeing someone raise their hands and you know they're battling cancer, but they're worshiping or seeing a guy with chronic back pain and he's he's praising God in the middle of his trial. Like when you see that on a Sunday morning and you know the people who you're leading, uh, that that's priceless, man. Like, yeah, that, yeah. I, I just love that. I love just doing life with our community. And um, so I'd say that kind of takes priority in my heart. Mm-hmm. And I'm realizing more and more as I'm meeting people, like relationship is important to me. And the church I was at um, last was a very, very large church, and um, it was hard to meet everybody. This church is, is a lot smaller, even though it's considered a mega church. Right. Um, but it's very community-focused and relationship-focused, and I feel like the more I get to know people and take people out for lunch, the less I want to be away. Mm, yeah. So it's hard for me to be away. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. I mean, I could, I could talk to you all day about ministry and perspectives and stuff like that, but... Uh... Um, we'll just have to talk again when your album releases, and and, Come on, uh, absolutely. <laughs> and we'll do that. Um, but let's talk gear for a second. Yeah, you, absolutely. You, you've obviously done recording yourself. Uh, what's what's your go to DAW? Like, what what do you use when you're tracking or, or songwriting? Yeah, uh, lately it's just been voice memos. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> yeah. my iPhone. Um, uh, we, my wife and I, just moved to a new place. We're in Langley. Yeah, and um, that's kind of where the song "You Are With Me." the one that's on the radio kind of was birthed from. We were in our a basement suite after we got married and we didn't know, but there was a lot of black mold and my wife was getting crazy asthma and I was getting sick all the time. And we had to just move. Once we found out we had to move and the song kind of came from that moment where I was just praying to the Lord and just knowing that he was with us in the middle of that. Yeah. So we had to move out right away. We stayed in my parents' basement, left all our stuff in the garage and, um, it was a it was a crazy season, but we just bought this new place, and we just moved in in Feb. Oh no, in May. Uh, so this house is very new to us, and uh, I kind of converted one room into a little studio, I guess, until we have kids, <laughs> and then permanently voice memos. But um, right, uh, I haven't got the studio totally set up. But when I was in my parents' place, and what I usually use is Pro Tools. Okay. I'm more comfortable with it because that's kind of what I started with. But I recently got Logic, okay. and it's a very powerful tool. I just haven't worked my way around it yet. I want to, I want to be really good at Logic, Yeah. but it just seems logically uh, <laughs> just harder. <laughs> yeah, well, I guess I'm, I'm a Pro Tools guy myself yeah. just because yeah. that's what I was kind of told to focus on because if you're going to share tracks and sessions with producers – it's really hard to jump around because uh, then you end up having to export all your files and it, then you lose all your edits. Yeah. So Pro Tools was my go-to. Yeah. Um, for podcasting, Joe and I use Studio One. Um, oh, okay, cool. Because we collaborate in the same file a lot of the time. So, 
you know, we, uh, it was more reasonable to manage without having dongles and things like that. Um, yeah. so I would say on the podcasting side, studio one, but musically, I still go back to pro tools. Me too, man. Me yeah. too. I don't know why I, it's just, I'm just more comfortable. Mm-hmm. I know the shortcuts. I don't want to learn something new right now, but yeah. then at the same time, I really want to learn something new. Mm-hmm. But it's just like it just seems like a lot of time, and if I have ideas that I just want to get down, yeah, I just it's my go-to. Yeah, yeah. Now, what about uh, like your gear, like like what you play on stage? You you have a pretty funky looking guitar in some of these videos. Is that your standard guitar you use? Um, which one is that? The one it's like a jumbo. Oh, the super jumbo. Yeah, yeah. that's kind of my main acoustic, uh, Gibson super jumbo SJ two hundred. Okay. Um, I love it. Um, I also have a Taylor GS mini, which is just like a fun, like kind of smaller guitar. And I put a nice pickup in it and surprisingly sounds a lot bigger than it actually is. Okay. Um, cause the super jumbo is so big. So traveling sometimes with it is kind of annoying. And if I'm just writing at home and sitting on the couch or whatever, I just will dislocate my shoulder. So. <laughs> <laughs> right. And, uh, you know, artists and musicians tend to be a little bit finicky when it comes to microphones. Do you have a go-to? I was talking to Drew Brown about this. And, oh, yeah. And Drew Brown's amazing. Oh, yeah. he's we, We're going to have a whole – and actually, you're going to be invited in now. Um, we're going to have a whole kind of gear talk. Um, oh, come on. I'm all in. Yeah, roundtable between him and a couple guys in the U.S. And, and yourself and anyone else I can get a hold of because – gear tends to drive different artists for different reasons, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I forget the model that he uses, but it's like the sure, the one with the long, um, it's, it's basically a a radio type mic. I forget the the model number. It's Uh, not like the SMB seven or whatever is that one's not the uh, long one. It could be. I don't even remember. I'm not super familiar with a lot of different mics. Well, for, for example, for me, it's an SM58. It's like the, yeah. the one that yes. you could drop on the floor a hundred times. Yeah, absolutely. You know, so much so wow. that in our church, we converted to wireless and I got a 58 wireless. Cool, yeah. Because that's, yeah. you know, it's just, for me, it's it's comfort. It's, you know, but other people are like, well, line six and modeling and like there's all these different things you can get now. I'm like, nah, I just know what I know. And, you know, maybe that's the 42-year-old in me. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I don't know too much about microphones. I think most of my gear consists of electric guitar gear, to be honest, because I love playing electric when I'm leading or for our young adults, I play like lead guitar sometimes or Mm -hmm. play lead guitar for different artists, depending on what, what the season is in life. But I've collected a big collection of electric guitar gear over anything else. Nice. I just have a, a Fender American Strat. Cool. And I'm a lefty and it's been all customized. So it's not worth anything because it's custom to, <laughs> to me. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I don't have a pedal board though. Are you a pedal board guy? Yeah, I'm a, I'm a pedal porter. <laughs> okay. I'm a, yeah, so instead of pedal board, I'm a pedal hoard. <laughs> there you go. I'm going to coin that phrase for the podcast title. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Andrew Marcus, the pedal hoard. <laughs> yeah. Tell us about your pedal hoard. <laughs> yeah. Nice. So, uh, okay, tell me your your what would you be your favorite one or two pedals? Oh man, um, I love uh, the JHS Morning Glory. Okay, it's an overdrive, very transparent. Um, Strymon makes great pedals. Their their Big Sky is obviously the one that's super popular. I just have a Blue Sky, a reverb pedal, and I love that pedal yeah. so yeah. much. The tone and just uh, the options it has for such a small pedal is is amazing. Okay, uh, and the sound is just unreal. Their their delays are really good too. Um, the Strymon timeline is really nice. Yeah, I like the Pog. It's only for specific songs, but it's uh, there's a lot of. I mean, I wish I had my pedal board out. I could look at it. <laughs> but, um, I mean, my pedal board. But um, you you could send a picture and I'll post it on the episode. Yeah, sure, that'd be great. That'd be great. <laughs> That's good. Um, I mean, it's always fun to talk gear. Again, I, we want to have a whole episode this year focused on that yeah, maybe just cool. before Christmas. Um, enough time that people can go out and buy it. Yeah. And no, we don't make any money off this stuff. We are a charity, actually. So, <laughs> Unless we can start selling some Christmas guitars. There you go. Come on. Yeah, it, it can be custom carved in Prince Edward Island. Come on. Tell but, it to your wife. But you can play, uh, you know, West Coast grunge on it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's so uh, is, is it true that the West Coast is still the home of grunge or is it 
is it like um, getting acoustic flair now and more indie? I think it's getting more acoustic, more indie. Okay. Yeah, I, I feel that way. Nice. Yeah. Um, okay, so, I mean, again, I could talk to you forever. I've already held you on here for 49 minutes. So, uh, oh, dude, today's my day off, man. Oh, nice, nice. Well, I, forget I, it then. We'll just keep talking. No. <laughs> yeah, now tell us about guitars. No, no, I want to have you back again for the gear, and also we'll, yeah, talk, yeah. we'll talk in January, hopefully, about the new album, whatever the final title is. Um, yeah, you know, yeah. We'll, we'll definitely share it. Um, are there any things that you want want um, our listeners to know what's coming up? Like you got a tour coming up, anything specific that you're going to be doing with other artists? There's a couple of things in the work, but I don't know if I can share them yet. Okay. I'll be in Toronto. I'll be in Nashville this week recording with some, with some guys and um, I'll be playing in Toronto on the 27th at, uh, Compass Point Church. That'll be fun. Okay. Uh, but I think I'm going to probably lay low till January and just kind of, I got a lot, like I'm really, what I'm really excited about right now is, um, and you're going to laugh and you should tell your wife this, but planning our Christmas Eve service. Oh yeah. So I've been kind of thinking about it in June, July and just really God's been giving me a lot of incredible ideas. It's like he's downloading these ideas that we can kind of do this kind of little mini Christmas production. Nice, so nice. it's going to have some acting, it's going to have some music and painting and just a bunch of different things. Yeah. But uh, that's kind of like the main thing on my radar. Okay. So I'm kind of just focusing on that. I'll do little events here and there, but for the most part, I'll save my travel ministry for mm. for January. Hey, man, Christmas is never a bad priority to have. <laughs> Come on, man. Are you kidding? It's going to be awesome. Yeah. No, that's, that's great. That's great. Well, again, I appreciate your time, and uh, it's great to, to talk about you know, the wisdom that you've gotten from other people, um, and you sharing it with us, you know, it's going to help us grow as well. And, and, uh, what is, uh, a key prayer item for you? Key prayer. Um, just for this week, um, I'll be just doing a lot of songwriting this week on Skype. And then the seventh song that we want to do is not done yet as far as the writing process. So we're just really praying that the Lord will give us melodies and lyrics and ideas that will fuel the church, bless the church, encourage the church. And um, it kind of makes me stressed. But I know that God's calling us to do this. Right. So even though there's no financial support right now or no song, <laughs> I just believe that God will give us the song and God will provide the finance. So just prayer for that, mm, that, last, yeah. that last song that we finish it well. Well, and as I always remind the teenagers here, Christianity is not always comfortable. Oh, man, absolutely. <laughs> so, you know, I, I try to beat it into the teens here that, uh, you know, if you thought it was easy, you're you're doing the wrong thing, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, or you're not doing enough, you know. Um, and again, it's easy for us to fall into the same rut. We want everything to be easy and simple. But uh, Of course, of course. Um, no, we're, it's, this is great. It's good to, to know that you got something coming out and, uh, we definitely want to encourage you in what you're doing. And, um, you know, we want songs for the church. That's why Joe and I even have this podcast is, mm. is to learn about what people are doing and what, and really it's what God's doing across the country and around the world Amen. and to just try to unite us together. So thank you so much for your time. Uh, how can people reach you? Is it andrewmarcusmusic.com? Is that your website? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and there's a contact page. They can email me or awesome. connect me. How can I pray for you, bro? Hey, man, just for, just for balance going into a busy season like you would be, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, with uh, music coming up and uh, musicals and uh, school events and then, of course, yeah. all the activities around Christmas time and uh, with a renovation going on in the church. Oh, man. Oh, my <laughs> word. Yeah, so just for patience and for understanding yeah. with, with people in general. So Absolutely. But I appreciate Absolutely. it. Cool, man. Awesome. We'll pray for you for sure. Alrighty. It was great to connect. Yeah, man. You yeah. Uh, stay in touch. Let me know if you for need sure. anything. Absolutely. You too, bro. Okay, take care. See ya. we're back hope you enjoyed the interview i know uh, i enjoy listening to dan converse with uh, his fellow canadians because there's just uh i don't know there's that innate politeness that comes in and, and you feel like when you listen to a, a dan thompson interview that uh, you're hanging out at a table with a couple of guys 
drinking coffee and just chatting. And uh, there's a, I don't know, there's just a level of comfort and familiarity there that uh, to me really helps me connect to the artist. And uh, again, I got to hang out with Andrew for a couple of days. I really enjoy him. And so uh, just remember that Andrew's album uh, is coming out, should be sometime in January. The name of the album is Constant. If you uh, want a taste of it, you can go out and look for Andrew's single, You Are With Me. I believe it's available on iTunes. Um, you can also uh, find Andrew out on uh, SoundCloud as well. And there's some uh, some tracks out there if you're interested. But regardless, if you want to keep up with Andrew, uh, check out the show notes where we've provided some links for you. And also we want to encourage you to engage with us. We want to hear how you're doing. We want to know uh, how the season is treating you. We want to know what you think about what we're doing uh, here at Frequency. We we really just we have a heart for artists. We want to be a platform for artists to uh, to take people who are doing wonderful things for our Savior's name and uh, share them with you, but also give you an opportunity to discover some new people, those of you who are supporters of artists, uh, who enjoy uh, different mediums and the way that uh, they're explored. Hey, we want to hear from you and what you want to hear more from us. I know we've been spending a lot of time with music uh, of late. Part of that is uh, obviously because of the Christian Musician Summit, but uh, we will be... Uh, uh, talking to some people in other mediums. And uh, we've got kind of a special interview that's coming up very shortly with Katie Gustafson, who is a is a singer-songwriter, but uh, her day job is she is a counselor uh, working in Nashville, and she works primarily, or at least um, works quite a bit, with songwriters and artists in the Nashville area. And we thought it was important to chat with her about self-care and what it means to uh, to be a healthy individual what you need to take care of yourself, uh, what you need to do to take care of yourself. Be on the lookout for that. It's coming uh, in the next couple of weeks. Uh, great conversation. Really enjoyed chatting with Katie. So anyway, keep listening. Keep sharing with us. Don't hesitate to reach out to us on social media. Again, we're on iTunes. Uh, subscribe there or subscribe on Stitcher. Leave us, uh, leave us a comment uh, or a rating up there. Find us on Facebook at uh, facebook.com slash FM. On Twitter, our handle is Frequency FM, or on Google Plus. You can also find me and Dan as uh, Brookhouse Thompson on Facebook as a person. So if you see that Brookhouse Thompson uh, individual out there, that's Dan and I. I uh, I manage that mostly, but hey, say hello. We're happy to engage there, friend us, uh, and uh, like the page while you're at it. Anyway, guys, I hope you enjoyed the episode. Thanks for listening to me. Hopefully, we get uh, Dan back here shortly uh, for the next episode. But in the meantime, happy holidays. We really, really appreciate you. And uh, keep creating. Mm-hmm.